Welcome to Reflections of Darkness, Shades of Grey, Episode 3. This is your gorgeous drag classic horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my Lay of Eternal Damnation. How are all my classic horror fans out there in podcast land doing? Now, we all know that most people don't watch horror movies all year long like most of us do. But here's a question. When October rolls around and it's quote-unquote the time to watch horror movies... What are you going with? Are you watching the old black and white classics? Are you watching every new one that's coming out Halloween month? Or are you just any kind, any time, as long as it's scary? <laughs> I think I'm personally a mix of all three. A little classic, a little funny, a little scary. Ugh, I feel like I just described my look. <laughs> well, whatever you're watching this spooky season, let me know if you find some gems you think I might like. Feel free to DM me on Insta, I'm EvilQueenSF, or all my other socials are over on EvilQueenSF.com. Uh, yeah, so now I think it's time for our Shades of Grey classic main feature. Enjoy. Tonight I'm reviewing the classic Frankenstein from 1931. Now this one opens up with an interesting little warning. How do you do? Mr. Carl Lindley feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. Opening credits with weird rotating eyes, kind of like a kaleidoscope. So we open on a funeral scene in a cemetery and we see Dr. Frankenstein, played by Colin Clive, and his assistant, Fritz, played by the amazing Dwight Fry, who was also in Dracula, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, among other classics. So anyway, they are waiting for everyone to leave so they can dig the body back up. Fun fact, there was a microphone in a coffin while the gravedigger was filling in the hole to give better sound of dirt hitting the coffin. So Dr. Frank and his assistant Fritz dig up the fresh body. And while back on the way to the laboratory, they spot a man who's been hung on the side of the road and grab that body too. I mean, I love a hung man like everybody, but that's going a bit too far. <laughs> so we cut to a brain surgery class lecture where we see two brains, one normal and the other abnormal. After everybody leaves, Fritz comes in for the brain, but drops the good one and grabs the abnormal one. And I'm sure that'll turn out just fine. <laughs> cut to Elizabeth and Victor, played by the very handsome John Bowles, talking about what Dr. Frankenstein has been up to and how he's become strange and secretive. So they both go to the university professor to talk more about Frank and his craziness. Because that's, I guess, what you did before cell phones. Cut to Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory with all the cool machines and the slab with the monster on it and 
Fritz is afraid of the body on the table, but then Dr. Frankenstein explains. There's nothing to fear. No blood, no decay. Just a few stitches. And look, here's the final touch. The brain you stole, Fritz. Think of it. The brain of a dead man waiting to live again in a body I made with my own hands. With my own hands. Let's have one final test. Throw the switches. So they are ready, but someone is downstairs banging on the door. Obviously, it's Elizabeth, Victor, and the professor. Then they try to get them to go away, but they just won't, so they finally let them in. Quite sure you want to come in? Very well. So he takes them to his laboratory to show him what he is up to, and the storm rages outside. Fun fact, this was the first movie, or the first time, the castle thunder sound was used in a movie. The storm is ready, and they start the machines and raise the body to the roof. The lightning and the sound are great, and all the machines in the laboratory are so cool, and I'm, I'm sure it was cutting edge for the time, but it still looks really cool today. So he lowers the body, and what happens? The hand starts moving, and the doctor says, It's alive! to the Baron, Dr. Frankenstein's father, who wants his son to come home and can't understand about his experiments. Then they are talking about Dr. Frankenstein and Elizabeth's wedding day and how the whole town is ready. Then we cut back to the windmill with Dr. Frankenstein and the professor and how the professor thinks the monster is dangerous and should be locked up. And Dr. Frank finds out that the brain was that of a criminal, even though the jar said abnormal on it, but Dr. Frank doesn't care. It's kind of like when a parent has an asshole for a child but still defends them. Or, or when those women marry serial killers in prison. I know there's a name for it besides stupidity and denial, but I can't think of it. So here we get our first look at the monster's face, and it is amazing. That makeup is iconic for a reason. Fun fact, it is still under patent until 2026. So close. Then there's the sad part where they open the skylight and the monster reaches towards it, wanting the sunlight, and then they close it on him and he's in darkness again. Very sad. Then Fritz runs in with the torch and freaks out the monster so they have to restrain him and chain him up, and he doesn't like that. I mean, not everyone is into BDSM. And then Fritz starts whipping him to make him behave and taunting him with the torch. Then we hear a scream and they find out it's Fritz and they find him hanging next to the monster, but... He kind of deserved that. So then they have to figure out how to handle the monster. They decide they're going to use a sedative. Before he can choke out the doctor, the sedative kicks in. Then there's another knock at the door, and of course if it's Elizabeth and the Baron, Dr. Frank's father. So they hide the monster, and oh my god. The Baron is the epitome of entitled rich white guy 
who always gets his way just barging in and demanding things. As the Baron walks in, Dr. Frank collapses, and the Baron makes Dr. Frank come home with him. Cut to the professor examining the monster, about to do a dissection as the monster starts to wake up. The monster grabs the professor by the neck and kills him, then gets up to leave once he can find his way out, of course. <laughs> Cut to Frank and Elizabeth out in the sun being young, rich, and happy. Now it's their wedding day. Cheers. Now, now, how about a little drink, eh? Come on. My, my grandfather bought this wine and laid it down. <laughs> my grandmother wouldn't let him drink it. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. Yes, so very good health. <laughs> Will you? You all full? Yes, come yeah. along. Here's a health to a son of the House of Frankenstein. A son to the House of Frankenstein. <laughs> Here's a jolly good health to young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Here, hi. Give the servant some champagne. <laughs> this stuff's wasted on him. <laughs> well, 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 well. <laughs> Go on, mop it up, mop it up. It'll do you good. House of Frankenstein. House of Frankenstein. Thank you. So it's celebrations all over town because of the wedding. We cut to the monster walking through the forest and an iconic scene with the farmer and the little girl next to the lake with the flowers and she gives one to the monster. She throws the flowers in to see how they float, but he runs out of flowers, so he throws a little girl in to see how she would float and she doesn't, so then he runs away. You know, I felt this was sad in a few ways because obviously he wanted a friend, he wanted to be outside, he didn't know anything. He's basically newborn, right? And he wanted to play, but he didn't know that she wouldn't float like the flowers. And honestly, why wouldn't a farmer's daughter that lives next to a lake know how to swim? Mm-hmm, plot hole. Anyway, it's a sad scene. Then we cut to Elizabeth in her lovely wedding gown talking to Dr. Frankenstein. Well, what is it? I'm so glad you're safe. Safe? Of course I'm safe. But you look worried. Is anything wrong? No. No, forget my foolishness. It was just a mood. There's nothing the matter. Of course there isn't. Henry, I'm afraid. Terribly afraid. Where's Dr. Valdman? Why is he late for the wedding? Oh, he's always late. He'll be here soon. Something is going to happen. I feel it. I can't get it out of my mind. You're just nervous. All the excitement and preparation. No, no. It isn't that. I felt it all day. Something is coming between us. I know it. I know it. Sit down and rest. You look so tired. I could just do something to save us from it. From what, dear? From what? I don't know. I could just get it out of my mind. Oh, I'd die if I had to lose you now, Henry. Lose me? Well, I'll always be with you. Will you, Henry? Are you sure? I love you so. Sure. How beautiful you look. Is Elizabeth a little psychic, maybe? I don't know. So Frankenstein locks her in her room because she's a woman and she's being hysterical. And they hear the monster in the house. And they go looking for him. And of course, where is he? Well, in the room with the bride, of course. So the whole house comes running. As the bride is alive, but messed up and catatonic. Cut to the farmer carrying his dead daughter through the festivities towards the ma the baron's or the mayor's house, the mayor's house, 
to tell him she's been murdered. Cut back to Dr. Frankenstein talking about how Elizabeth is in a daze and shocked, so he decides he has to destroy the monster. Cue the village people. No, not those village people. The village people with the torches, the dogs, and they go searching for the monster in the forest, the mountain, and by the lake. So Dr. Frank closes in on the monster in the mountains, and Frank gets separated from the group, and the monster grabs him and knocks him out and carries him up to the windmill, up to the top of the windmill. But now as he's trapped in there, as all the villagers are outside, and Dr. Frankenstein wakes up and tries to escape over the balcony. But the monster picks him up and throws him off the windmill, and he hits one of the fan blades, but he's alive. So they take him home, then they set fire to the windmill to get the monster. And the monster starts flipping out because we know he doesn't like fire. And he can't get out. And he's trapped under a beam. And the windmill is completely engulfed in flames. Cut to all the maids bringing wine to Dr. Frankenstein. But the Baron drinks it for him. Well, go ahead and knock. Well, well, what's all this? What do you want, eh? What's this? If you please, Herr Baron, we thought that Mr. Henry could do with a glass of his great-grandmother's wine. <laughs> Fine old lady, my grandmother. <laughs> Very foreseeing of her to prevent my grandfather drinking this. <laughs> Mr. Henry doesn't need this. Well, as I said before, I say again, here's... Here's to a son, to the house of Frankenstein. The end. This is a great movie, but it is so sad. And I'm sure when it came out, it was scary. But now, not so much. I mean, it's still iconic, but through the 2022 eyes, it's a very different kind of movie. So I give Frankenstein 8.5 out of 10 hung men. Well, that was Frankenstein from 1931. Now, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell everybody. Uh, all my info is over at evilqueensf.com. And as always, keep watching classic scary movies. Bye-bye. Crazy or not.